coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast at the Byron Nelson, a familiar face returning back to the winner's circle for the first time in years in a fitting Mother's Day setting, plus our full PGA Championship preview. The second major is here with Live versus PGA Tour storylines, our picks and sleepers, and a whole lot more. Plus, we're tuned into compelling timeless songs and as well a little zelda reunion uh, in the form of some new zelda content coming everyone's way this week's guest we've got a twofer first up lpga tour pro annie park who i met at the chevron championship a really funny guest and a great conversation and second we have jesse mueller he won the 2022 edition of the pga professional national championship that i attended a couple weeks ago it was really cool to catch up with him and talk all things grand canyon university as well too plus it was an anniversary dinner recap and all of our food highlights when we always end with food including a wonderful cake from my co-host all of it brought to you by our friends good friends of the show we love the live take app everything goes through live take and our weekly debates are held there and it's exactly where you can hold your favorite sports debates with not only your friends but your colleagues and everybody out there in your life the live take app is a unique functionary point where everyone can meet and have challenges with one another and debate anything going on in the world of sports we love talking about different golf topics and you can revisit some of our past debates and there's new challenges every single week the nice part is you vote and you decide who wins the take and the challenge the people decide the winner not just your friends on the couch as you're watching TV. So challenge us, check out our challenge this week on the Live Take Sports app, uh, where we debate a new interesting topic within the game of golf. Again, it's the Live Take app. Download today. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex for the first time since the wells fargo championship in 2018 wow jason day has returned to the winner's circle he shot a 62 today uh sunday we're recording again on a sunday to notch his victory back in the circle uh, just an incredible return to form by a guy who was able to win major championships while having vertigo and then just fell off the radar. He did. And yeah. Back. And I, w- I was wondering how long it had been since the last win. So thank you for answering that. Just a hair, a hair a week over five years since his yeah. last victory. And and people will remember it was 2015-16. For those of you who are wondering, when was peak Jason Day? That's when he was dominating the world. He did ascend to the number one ranking in the world ranking. He was a major champion, and it was an impressive run that he went on. And a lot of things got in the way. Not, not only, obviously, just life and everything going on with him getting older in the game, but tons of injury setbacks. Not only the vertigo you mentioned, but repeated back injuries. It was a running joke on social media whenever Jason Day withdrew on a Thursday or Friday morning with a back injury. It's just it's been kind of a thing we laughed at for years, but he's really gone through it and to see him emerge through these struggles and get back into the winner's circle. Honestly, Mike, I knew he'd be around on the PJ Tour, but wasn't really sure he'd ever get back in the winner's circle again. A, a very impressive way to do it. You know, he was looking good all year. I think I even called out his name for the Masters and some other big game, big yeah. tournaments earlier in the year that he was just, he looked like he was knocking the door. He had good form. He was not in a lot of top five and top tens. Finally able to do it here. Uh, of course, that probably means he's not going to win next week. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I said that to my wife. I was like, eh, you know, the two weeks in a row thing's hard. I was like, no, of note, he is a PGA champion for what yes. it's worth. He's won the PGA yes. championship before. Totally different course, venue, whatnot, eight years later. But uh, regardless, really cool to see him get the win when he did. The whole family was there, the wife and all the kids. This is, again, one of those signs where I know how old we're getting, Mike, because I remember when Jason Day's oldest son, Dash, was just a little three or four year old toddler running around the greens. Now he's like a grown adolescent teenager cheering on his dad as he wins. Uh, so that's how time is flying in the world of golf. Uh, of note in the field, some other names that were doing quite well. Scotty Scheffler was sniffing around. He's had issues really making big putts recently, and that seems to be what's holding him back. But the rest of his game is certainly there. If he can figure that out, is he going to win another major in a week? That's a nice hometown 
um, lead up for him there. You know, nice Dallas event where he can sleep at home for a week and still play and keep the competitive juices flowing. We debated what this looks like last week on the live take app, playing the week of the ma- before major versus not or taking the rest. This is kind of a little in between one for him because it was a home game. He got to, to keep the juices flowing, play four rounds. He was in contention, but you're right, just just a putter too short. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that though, Mike. He's still at the top of my list. He's one of the first three or five guys you're looking at this coming week at Oak Hill. Uh, I also want to shout out Siwoo Kim, a very strong 22 under to tie okay. with. Who's yeah. this guy? Austin Eckroat? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think he's only had, what, maybe 30, 40 or so starts on the PJ Tour. Definitely been roaming around the Corn Ferry Monday qualifier circuit. That's how I know that name. Just one of those adjacent names in the game of golf. And, and just another example to show you just how freaking deep all these fields are, which is mm-hmm. why it's exciting to see the Corn Ferry Tour uh, getting more promotion and publicity this week with the Barstool Sports coverage announcement as well, too. So it just shows you how, how deep these mini tour fields are that go beyond the PGA Tour you see on TV. The other two names I'm going to shout out just because we are heading into a major championship is Terrell Hatton, who's been doing very well the last few weeks. He, has, he seems yeah. to constantly be on the top of these leaderboards. And the other is the journeyman, if we can call him that at this point, Adam Scott. Yeah, and only one major between the two of those guys. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting, you'd think, you know, with all the, the world-class events those guys have competed in over the years. Scott's had some good form recently. I mean, again, I get, you know me, I get suckered in by Adam Scott's yeah, silky smooth yeah. swing. I, I still am. I'm, I, after all these years, Mike, I'm still a sucker for it because we all know the classic story, Adam Scott's swing built on early Tiger Woods' swing. So you just get all those vibes whenever you watch him play golf. So yeah, I mean, you could watch out for him. I do like the fact that it's a tough golf course coming in uh, this week, and we'll talk touch on it in a second, but that might favor a guy like Scott or, or maybe a guy like Hatton who's ready to grind it out. All right, let's look ahead to this next week. It is the yep. PGA championship at oak hill uh i mean it's a beautiful course as always the stars will be out from all the tours (laughs) both the convergence of living the pga tour and and this one mike i think is notable to you i want to get your analysis based on this little tidbit here so last time when they converged with the masters kepka phil reed they all contended live look really great but that's a course they visit every year. There was a yep. ton of familiarity with Augusta National. Now they converge at a major championship at an unfamiliar, tougher course we haven't seen in a decade. What, what do you think that formula might equal this week? Uh, I don't think anyone has an edge here other than the guys who are constantly playing in the toughest fields in the game of golf. That's what I'm I'm kind of leading into is that I think the familiarity at Augusta maybe allowed the live tour players to quickly acquiesce with a course they already kind of knew very well. This is going to be a different ballgame. I'm sure there were some scouting missions by the top players that have gotten to Oak Hill in advance, but I'm very curious to see how they perform on a real gruel and brute of a track. This is a course that's going to yield a winner in single digits under par. This is Rochester, New York in mid-May. There will be no highs over 70 degrees. It will be cooler in the mornings. The rough has grown. The course is long. I've already seen photos out there. So for, for the live contingent, the live fanboys, the live live supporters out there, You'd want to see them excel at a course like this because then that completely proves the theory that these guys are not showing any rust because they can – if they contend this week, Mike, I think they can contend at any course in the year's ahead. Yeah, I I mean it's going to be an interesting uh, experiment maybe to really see are these guys able to stay sharp and come out here and play at a course like this. They're playing in Tucson uh, during this weekend, and I don't know if you saw some of the pictures of the course. The course looked like it was Mm -hmm. not in – yes, Tulsa did not look (laughs) like it was in great shape. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just a flat layout. You know, there wasn't, a, there's no, nothing that screamed major championship prep about that course. Now, mm-hmm. here, that, and here's not to say that they're they're not playing great golf in their own right. The winners are up between 15 and 20 under par this past week on the Live Tour. But 
yeah, th- again, that's what I'm harping on is have the live golfers subjected themselves to a test of this durability and difficulty in the last 90 days? And if they have, are they able to repeat good golf on that over the course of 72 holes? That's the ultimate test that we're watching for this week. And it's going to be fascinating to see all the world's best. And, and boy, I just hope the PGA Championship mixes up some nice juicy tea time so we have some fun groups mm. this week to watch. Yeah. See, the tea, the grouping that I want to see, and I, I'm curious to hear which of these three guys you think has the best chance. Okay, yeah, is, give me give me a little lottery ball with three I players. I want an yeah. Australian group. I want Australians. I want Jason Day, I want okay. Adam Scott, and I want Cam Smith. Mm, yes. Who of well, these three has the best chance to win the PGA? Okay, live odds in that group of three. Uh, Cam Smith, uh, minus 120, the favorite. Adam Scott, plus 115. Jason Day, plus 150 or something like that. I'd rank them one, two, three in that order, but but there's not much of a separation there. That That's a good little anecdote because all three of those guys from the same country have all shown some interesting form. So if you mm-hmm. want to have fun with it and you want to bet country specific or, or maybe find a low Aussie because those bets are out there for sure, uh, that could be an interesting play this week. Yeah, uh, looking at the other guys in the field, John Rahm, defending Masters champion. Why not? He's on fire. I mean, why I mean, not? Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I mean, I think he has a better chance than Roy McIlroy, who hasn't even played really at all recently. So fair enough. Okay, yeah. fair play. Yeah, he's a PJ <laughs> champion in his own right. Uh, we just talked about Scotty, decent form last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Homa's been on our radar for a while here. Um, yep. I'm going to throw that name out because he is ready and major championship ready to get it done on the biggest stage. Um, you got any others? I'm, I'm definitely, I've, I've got Matt Fitzpatrick on my mind. He hasn't had the greatest form in the last month or so, um, but he is good on these really tough courses where fairways are a premium. He just slaps that driver out there. He minds his own business. He plays his own game. And I think you're going to need that kind of head down, you know, don't worry about anyone else type of mentality this week. You know, I think it would be a really interesting guy to see at the top of the leaderboard. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think we'd all root for it if it did happen, would be Ricky Fowler. Back mm. in the top 50 in the world, right? Uh, since a couple weeks ago, he got back into that. the top 50. He's playing much better. I don't know if that's going to translate into Oak Hill into success, but you never know. Intriguing. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out before we get into maybe some random sleepers as well, too. I want to give a shout out to one of the PGA pros that I interviewed when I was in New Mexico a couple weeks ago. As you remember, mm-hmm. I was there at the PGA Professional National Championship. 20 club pros have qualified for the PGA Championship and they're in the field. JJ Colleen, who was last week's guest, is in the field. So shout out JJ. We're going to be following him all week. See if we can will him to the weekend. He didn't quite make the weekend at the Byron Nelson, but his game's in good form. He had a good range session this past weekend before he went out to Oak Hill and Braden Shattuck too, who I interviewed after the first round. He ended up winning that tournament in New Mexico. He hoisted the trophy. Uh, So let's see if he can't continue some of that momentum uh, into the PGA uh, Championship. Always fun to see a club pro or two make the cut and fool around with contending because it's always one of those random things in sports that's like, how in the hell is this guy in the tournament? I don't know, but it's awesome and I love golf, so let's make it happen. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, If you want want me to give that a sleeper, I don't know if he's a sleeper or if he's just middle of the pack. Yeah. I'm going to throw the name out there anyway, because, you know, we're fans of him. Yep. Is Keegan Bradley. Yeah, I know. We like to do this every 90 days. We, yep. <laughs> we always come around <laughs> on Keegan. Um, and again, you, it's funny you stumble into it. Also a PGA champion. People forget yep. Keegan yep. Bradley won a PGA championship for his first ever tour win. Uh, so he's done more improbable things on the golf course. Um, I'm going to shout out the uh, the hottest live player right now. Let's shout out Taylor Gooch. Not a guy mm-hmm. I've really ever been a huge fan of, but you got to recognize the fact that he has won two of the last three live events out there. I don't care what course you're playing on, who you're playing against. If you've got a bunch of guys that are world-class players out there playing golf and you win two weeks in a row, you're doing something right. So I think out of the live contention, uh, contingent, you're going to watch out for maybe him, maybe a little Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka action. I, I, I watch out for those guys this week. All right, and you're, of course, going to have full previews up on Run Your Pool as yes. usual. I've got the full betting preview, and then I've got a separate article, Mike, all about Live versus the PGA Tour, who you're mm. going to back this week. I gave you a little hint right there, uh, but I'll tell you who I'm going to back uh, regarding the Live contingent versus the PGA contingent this week at Oak Hill. And we'll see what happens. We'll be on Twitter all time, too, as it continues to burn the ground, like I say every week, because it still is. Uh, And we'll be there. We'll be tweeting about it or at least uh, listening to other people tweet about it. So we'll see what happens there.
But for now, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. Uh, you know, uh, I have not seen my wife for three days. Wow. And that is because she has kind of cocooned herself on the couch. Oh, boy. To play the new Zelda Tears of the Kingdom game. <laughs> that's so funny. I love that that's what she's binging right now. That's awesome, man. I, mean, I got about 30, 45 minutes of playtime in uh, Saturday morning. But other than that, I, I've just, if I want anything to do with the television, I got to go to the other one that's upstairs. So my first Zelda memory is the Ocarina of Time on N64. Mm. That's, mm-hmm. my, that's my earliest Zelda memory. One of the proudest video gaming moments of my life was the Saturday afternoon I was at my friend Zach's house and I beat the Ocarina of Time in the final boss. I mean, these are seminal moments in your childhood, Mike, where you remember exactly where you are. So to hear that there is a new Zelda game out and there are people in my life that are binge playing it, it, it makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. Well, you know what's crazy is that I saw that a speedrunner completed the game in 94 minutes. Wow. The wife has been playing it for probably, I'm going to go ahead and guess, at least six hours of game time since Friday. <laughs> and she yeah. is nowhere near probably halfway through the game. Probably okay, not so even near a quarter of the way. instead, maybe? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where Zelda's out. Alert the presses. Love it. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm tuned into music and I'm, I've been listening to a lot of music. I've been doing a lot of traveling in recent weeks and it kind of got me on a, on a random subject. It's a very open-ended debate, but it's just a, a list I decided to start compiling in my phone of just non-objectionable, universally recognized, timeless songs. They, mm. they can go across any genre, any age, any decade, songs that just when they come on, Nine out of 10 people in the room know them immediately, and they are just universally listened to and enjoyed and talked about fondly. Um, so I'll open it up to you, Mike, because I've got a list that I'm working on. It's obviously in its infancy. I've only got about 30 or so songs on it. I won't bore you with the entire list, but what, yeah. what do you got if you're just thinking of just a timeless song that just transcends generations? Almost anything from Queen. We are the champions. Mm, okay. In yes. Particular, you know. Good pick. So FYI. Bohemian Rhapsody is already on the list. As it should be. It should be toward the top of the list if it's not. So this so. is th- then it gets into this question of how many songs, you know, listen, yes, Queen, iconic song, but how many Queen songs can you put on? You, there, there has to be a line where, you know, you can't put five Queen songs on. So if you're only going to put two, would that be it? Would it be We Are the Champions and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Well, we Are the Champions and We Will Rock You, while they are two oh, separate songs, yes. are really one song. They That's are played true. concurrently. So Man. consecutively, I should say consecutively. So and, and to say that you're going to limit an artist simply because you don't want too many of that artist is a disservice to the timelessness to of the okay. artist. Yeah. So, no. you know, someone, are- you know, Queen, the Beatles, what are you going to only take two Beatles songs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which two no. are you going to take? What are you even going to do? That's a yeah. tough lottery. Okay, so this I is mean, a good debate. I would, I, I'm, I'm putting a quick assignment on you. I would like you to post this to the masses, and I'd like to get a quick poll out there on social at COO Podcast on Instagram and find out what are these timeless songs. So uh, well, okay. what are these? What are the truly timeless songs? Because the list is in its infancy right now, Mike. Uh, thoughts on In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins? That's timeless, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, okay. we're doing Disney music now. I don't know. Anything. It's got to go across <laughs> any genre. How about Dancing Queen, Appa? Oh, the, unfortunately, yes. I hate yes, Appa, but we Dancing Queen. I appreciate Queen. that you said unfortunately. These don't necessarily be, have to be songs you like, but you just have to recognize that they I, are I timeless. Mean, I do think of a lot of timeless songs as songs you hear at sporting events, like We Are the Champions, like right. Enter the Jungle, which is, I don't even remember. Is that Metallic? That's not Welcome Metallica. Welcome to the Jungle, yeah. yeah. Metallic. Uh, Metallica, no, Metallica, yeah, ACDC. Yeah. Metallica is uh, Enter Sandman. Correct. So, That's yeah. so, Enter Sandman's probably timeless. All yeah, right. it's, uh, vote, so. vote out there uh, if you're out there. Listen, at COL Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Course of Life One on Twitter. He's at MWRINC. Any timeless songs, any. I'll add them to the list. I'll, I'll give him a quick 15 second verify, but if I deem it timeless, it's going on the list. All right. Let's get into this week's first guest. It's another another double header. I think we've been doing this like for the last two months. It feels like, um, and it and it's another interview with an LPGA Tour star that you were able to get. Come on, and this one is a proud alum of USC. 
Yeah, that's right. Fight on. Shout out to the Trojans. Uh, we're talking about Annie Park, uh, veteran LPGA Tour player and LPGA Tour champion as well, too. We talked through her magical week when she got her LPGA win, her career, life now. Really fun conversation. Uh, it was great to connect with Annie and uh, a really great chat coming your way with Annie Park here. All right, next up on the Course Life Podcast, we're live from the Chevron Championship, a new major location here in my home state of Texas. And we have a fellow Texas resident as well, too, Annie Park, joining us on the show. Annie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to have you. Um, So you're based in the Dallas area, right? Yep. So I lived in Dallas for about three years now. So um, I'm born and raised in New York, went to school in LA, lived in Orlando, You've seen no, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I have. <laughs> okay, yeah, me too. So I grew up in Massachusetts and now I've lived in Austin oh. for the last 13 years. So we know about cold weather golf. Yeah. That's what you grew up in, right? Yes. So what, yep. what was half of your golf season for you? Where in New York was it? Um, so play? I was born in uh, Flushing, College Point, and then grew up right by Bethpage. So grew up playing there, um, all the five golf courses there. So yeah, I've been very lucky just growing up playing Bethpage and, um, and now in base in Dallas. Now, what was your access with Bethpage? Were you, were you doing the wait in the car in the middle of the night for the tea time? Yeah, thing? Like, well, I've always heard about that, but I never actually mm-hmm. executed it before. So I live like 10 minutes away, um, just like two exits down. Um, so yes, for the black course, you do have to like, there's you have to get a ticket for the pre-ticket. Yeah. So it was just like a long line. Like I wouldn't do that pretty often. I would play like yellow, blue, red, green courses a lot more often. And then black, like maybe once in a while, but okay. people don't know back in the day, like twilight golf for Beth page black was kind of the way to go. Cause like you get like half the price of like what you're paying oh, for yeah. and you get to play like at least like 12 or 13 holes. And they're like, you know, it's better than waiting like, six hours and playing golf so yeah i know yeah. and the, the course employees might hate me but i'm that person that's trying to scrape out every last <laughs> inch of sunlight at the end of the day yeah. to, to, to maybe make it 18 instead mm-hmm. of 13 um very cool i saw you recently had a birthday celebration as well too yeah, thank you how was that what'd you um, get what'd you get into so um i was in dallas i was supposed to go to um alabama for a pro-am but it got canceled because it was during that master's weekend i had to yeah. fly to atlanta okay. anyways the weather was bad so they canceled it so i was able to spend like Friday, Saturday in um, Dallas, flew out to San Francisco, had, um, I was one of the guest speakers for the college events in, on Sunday. So I kind of pretty much did that on my birthday and then flew out to Hawaii the next day, Monday. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. at least you got to Hawaii in due time. It's always yep. a good destination for everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, um, very interesting fact that we skipped over with not only growing up in cold weather at all, but your, your absolute uh, dominating year that you had in high school where am I correct? You were the high school state champion and you played in the U S open. This, this, it was the same year or same couple year time frame or something um, like that. What was the actual time frame between those two moments? So it was, um, counties. Um, I was, and we played at Beth page and Home we played course. the red course. It's <laughs> the second hardest course at that yeah. at Beth page. Um, yeah, we had to play from the same black, the back tees, um, as the boys. And so me and another, um, girl, Alex Lowe, I played against her brother, Matt Lowe. And yeah, it was like one of the toughest golf that I've ever played because on a par four and it was blowing like pretty hard. I was like driver three wood on a par four and still had like 50, 60 yards. And I'm like scrambling for life. And then like, if I had a birdie chance, I was like, I have to make birdie because I'm just going to be scrambling all day. Um, but yeah, I ended up winning the counties shot really well that last day. And, um, I couldn't go to state, um, because I had another like junior invitational that I had to go to. So I chose that over state, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. Very neat. Um, one thing I wanted to get to, um, regarding, adversity that you've fought through really well uh, in your careers, uh, the, the injuries that you've had. And uh, there's something similar going on with PJ Tour rules out for us right now, where he's had lots of back problems and mm-hmm. it's something that he's going to have to work through for a long time. Um, yeah. Tell me what has helped you persevere and, and stay patient and, and know, you know, that it's going to be a grind to, to get back to where you were through injuries like that. Yeah. I mean, I think just, you know, whether it's golf or not golf, like any injury, it's, you know, mentally gets to you, um, emotionally as well, not only physically. Um, I think just, you know, the biggest thing is being patient, um, just being patient through the injury and not rushing through it, doing, you know, your rehab and everything. Um, you know, I never had an injury in my whole 
you know, golf career until my second year on the LPGA. And mm. maybe, maybe a lot of stress had to do with that. Um, I had a back flare up that, you know, I was like, what is this? Like <laughs> never experienced this before. Yeah. And I was like three, two to three months out. Um, I've had a couple more like flare ups throughout my career, but, um, I think learning from that first experience was that, you know, you kind of have a different perspective where when you can't physically move, you're, you become, you appreciate all the other little things that, wow, like I'm able to get up every day, physically move, um, go to the bathroom, go to the refrigerator. Quick, yeah, right? <laughs> for sure. Where like, you're literally laying in bed and just like, I can't move. <laughs> I wish it's, I could just drive to the bank and do an exactly, errand right now. Yeah. Like that's like as simple as that sounds. Exactly. So I think it's just giving me a lot of perspective when I was injured. Um, and I think like the biggest thing is we're always on the go. We never like stop and appreciate the present moments. And that's what happened was during like my rehab and when I was injured, I just like, it was a, it was a tough time, but it gave me a different outlook on just daily life just being able to do what I can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's good perspective too. I mean, in terms of how that's kind of changed, uh, balancing, practicing and playing, do you curb that or manage it a little bit more than you, than you did before? Or Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, after being able to play and, and not really worry about my back. It's always lingering in the back of my head. Like, Oh, I don't want it to flare up. It can flare up any moment. Like doing, you know, my best every day, you know, trying not to have that flare up again. But I think the, the uncertainty and of like not knowing when it's going to happen again. I think there was a little period of time after the injury where I was playing golf with a little bit of fear. Mm. Um, cause I couldn't like physically go after after it i was losing distance out there um so during like actually covid i you know i was getting stronger i was the strongest i've ever felt um but it's a lot of work you know i think you know with whether that's golf or anything else yeah. or in relationships like you know you have to put the work in it and um yeah that's what i did during covid <laughs> no that makes sense <laughs> and played fortnite so <laughs> good outlet shout out fortnite as well too um, Annie Park joining us again, NCAA champion, LPGA tour champion as well, too. Let's talk about that moment. That's a more fun thing to talk about. <laughs> um, like the week to change your life, probably the shop right week, you know, yeah. just tell me what, what was going to be going through your head with your game leading up to that week and, and how yeah. we can do for you. Um, 2018 was a really crazy year. Um, you know, 2017 going through that injury and just struggling with golf. Um, I was ready to leave the game. I just wanted to quit golf. Um, what do you think you wanted to do? I honestly don't know. Like, I never <laughs> thought about anything else, right? I thought about maybe like going through journalism, maybe, or I don't know. I mean, I still don't know to this day, but um, my sister gave me a great quote saying that, like, why don't we just give it another year and give it more than 100%? Just, I don't want you to regret walking away from the game. Okay. So I was like, okay, like, I'll do this again. All right, one more. So, one more run through Yeah, the one more run. Um, so yeah, I had to Monday qualify into a couple events. Um, the first like two tries, I was missing it by like one or two. And you know, it's it's tough when you know you feel like your game is there, but you're not getting the opportunity or the chance to play that whole week. And so um the week before San Francisco was the Medi Heel champ or the Medi Heel Championship. Yeah. I was in LA, missed the Monday qualifying for that week and my car got towed i like got my rain suit like stolen i was like oh this is like not my week like i the just want to go home week, yep. <laughs> i, like, I just want to go home <laughs> my mom was like why don't you just like you're already in california just drive up to san francisco that's just, not like, that short of a drive yeah i know it's <laughs> <laughs> just like there's no point of you like coming all the way back to like the east coast like just stay there and i was like oh fine so I ended up doing like, you know, the, the coast drive. It was so nice. Yeah. Did the seven mile drive by Pebble. Um, and, you know, did playoff in the Monday qualifier, got in, played well that week, reshuffled in. Um, I think I had like two events after that, was playing some good golf. And then ShopRite happened and got my first one. And I was like, I guess I'm continuing to play. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it was it was crazy for the, those couple months. Awesome memories indeed of Annie Park here. And let's now jump forward to this year and where we sit. Obviously, we're right here at the first major of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's it going to take for you to have that success in major tournaments this year here as we're looking at the five coming up? Yeah, um, you know, I played the practice round yesterday and this morning. And, you know, I think it's just going to be a lot of patience out here. There's some tough shots. There's the greens are not going to be that easy. It's playing long. Um, You're going to have to pick some some targets and stick to it. Um, I think the key is just going to be patience this week. It's going to be a long week anyways. Um, Just enjoying as much as you can. Um, And I I actually really like this golf course. um, So I'm excited to play. Yeah. And you mentioned before we hopped on that you're from Dallas, very similar weather climate here where you can just get <laughs> yeah. rain any moment. So just yeah. be ready for the adversity. Okay? Yeah. I always tell my friends, I was like, you know, yeah, Dallas weather, we get every weather except for perfect weather. And when perfect weather comes, it's like something's coming. I know. We're just, I'm just sitting there down there in Austin. I'm like, God, those people in Dallas, man. It's yeah. Just, it's a different thing every day with them. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do some, let's do some food questions. Um, I've oh, seen a lot of Korean love food this. on your yeah. timeline. Um, Tell me about uh, your favorite like Korean food spots in Dallas. Oh, for people who are going to the city. Oh man, um, there's this place called it's called Mucket. Um, they're known for their like Korean soup, but also spare ribs, and it's like really really good. Mm. Um, if you go during like peak hours, you're gonna have to wait and put your name on the list. But I would recommend maybe trying going like around lunchtime if you can. Um. I mean, I love Korean food in Dallas. I mean, there's so many like BBQ chicken. I love, you know, fried chicken once in a while. And that is my favorite. Um, you know, away from Korean food, I found like my favorite taco joint. I try to gatekeep this place. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but I get my officer tacos there. Um, it's called Chilangos. That is my favorite. Oh, okay. um, highly recommend going there as well. Noted. There's um, a uh, Korean fusion place in Austin. I don't know if it's made its way to Dallas, but it's called Chilantro. Ooh. And it's like a Korean Mexican fusion. Okay. So you can do like a bowl or tacos yeah. or anything, like any setup like that. It's amazing. Oh, it'll it'll be there go. soon enough for you. Well, there's definitely um, a couple places I want to go in Austin because there's like a lot of like Korean restaurants coming in. So that's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, Korean barbecue, very popular in mm-hmm. Austin as well, too. Um, let's ask our 19th whole question before we get to the Bucky's uh, snack basket here. Um, what's your go-to order when you finish a round and you get into the clubhouse? That's a beautiful clubhouse right there <laughs> that we're looking at. Um, but what's like your favorite meal and drink to order 19th hole? Now, is this like after a good round or a bad mm, Let's say after 66. <laughs> yeah, after a nice smooth after, round. Mm. Birdie the 18, you're heading into the 19th hole. You know, I really appreciate like a good burger or like tacos or even a burrito. Like yeah. a good burrito just satisfies, burger is the you know. Tiger Woods answer of that yeah, question no. in the four year history of this show. <laughs> it's burger. And then the funny one that gets said a lot is like a lot of people say like chicken Caesar wrap or like chicken wrap something. Like that gets answered, that mm. gets said a lot. Yeah. Surprising amount. For that question. Yeah. I, I don't Just think I would pick up. that. Yeah. I think burger. Um I love tacos and burritos. So probably that would be my go-to if I can. Um and maybe like and finishing it off with like ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's always good. Yeah. Can't go wrong with ice cream. All right, random rule question time before we get to our giveaway. I'm just stopping in a random page. Tell me to stop. Okay. Stop. All right. Previous stroke made. Oh, wow. This is about making the next stroke from where the previous stroke was made. What was just the most like egg on face shot you've ever had where the ball just like barely moved or didn't even move? Like you actually swung at the ball and it just didn't go anywhere. Like a plug bunker lie or. Against a tree oh. or in two feet of rough somewhere. I think it always happens like when you're in the hazard and yeah. like you see your ball or like you don't know if it's plugged or not. And so, you know, if it's like somewhere you can actually hit it, like if you can hit it. But sometimes like if there's rough, like it's like thick rough and you don't know if it's embedded, if it's playing wet, yeah. like and you try to go after it and it's like, oh. It, was, it didn't go out. <laughs> no one saw that, right? Go, no one saw that? Out. Okay, good. No, right. but I actually had that in um, Arizona. Uh, it was on the last hole on the last day. It's part five. And I was like in the rocks. So like it was in the water. I had to like take my shoe off, go in the water where there was rocks. But I'm trying to hit the golf ball, but there's like rocks there. So I like hit it. 
and I like couldn't see because like all these rocks are flying and I was oh, like God. oh no it Please didn't get through it's not out and then I saw like it go in the bunker and I was like okay at least yeah. I'm like out of this but that was like terrifying <laughs> at least it got out bottom line yeah um, all right let's get to the Bucky snack grab you know well um, you know Bucky says you're a Texan um, mm -hmm. let's take a look at what we got left here so me and my co-host actually have bets on what order things are going to be taken so that's why we're, we're very intrigued by what people are going to take so uh, Gemma Dryberg was first, and she took yeah. the banana and milk chocolate chips off the board. So we still have the Nutty Bites. We have the Sweet and Savory Trail Mix, the world-famous Beaver Nuggets, Jalapeno Cheese Puffs, and Chocolate Meringues, which is kind of a wild card, but what Ooh. are we going with today? I've never seen this Nuggets. Hmm. Kind of like a like a corn nugget taste with caramel, sweet mm -hmm. flavor. I'm going to go with the sweet and savory trail mix. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, Buckies is known for their nuts, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding we me? got to go, go for a it. A waffle of that. Yeah. I love Buckies. They overdo everything, <laughs> but in the best way, because that's the way Texas is, right? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, Annie, thank you so much for hopping on. Appreciate it. Good luck this week, yeah. and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. As Perfect. Well, too. Thank awesome. you so much. That conversation with Annie Park brought to you by our friends at Swing Juice. And Mike, I tell you all the time, I've been traveling left and right. You need comfortable clothes, not only when you play golf, but just when you travel and live life. And that's what, exactly what Swing Juice is for. So check out swingjuice.com and use our promo code LIFE20. Check out everything they have to offer from comfy wear to golf wear, the hoodies, the shirts, everything. They have it all and they have the right vibes for you, the golfer out there. I know you want cool clothes, you're a golfer, but you don't want it to be too over the top. This is the exact brand for you. So check out Swing swingjuice.com promo code life 20 swingjuice.com save today and we're back great chat there with annie you know i love i love almost all asian food korean included because it's just so the umami you get out of that part of cu the cuisine from that part of the world is just amazing to me. And explain umami. We're talking about the sixth sense here, right? Is that what we're referring to here? Yeah, it's that kind of sweet, savory blending of flavors that gives you a little bit of everything. It's just kind of like perfect balance. And I may be describing that entirely wrong, but that's what it is to me. <laughs> now I appreciate that. Well said. Yeah, uh, Korean food, great. Shout out, I, I'm glad I got to talk about cilantro with an LPGA tour player. That was a fun conversation. Uh, again, follow Annie. She's a real fun follow, and she um, shows off her, her career and life on the LPGA tour and everything she's into as well, too. So give Annie a follow and be sure to, uh, to keep, her, keep you updated on her progress on tour as well, too. All right, let's get into our second guest. Let, as you said at the very top of the show, won the 2022 PGA Professional National Championship, which means he gets to play in the PGA, and he's he's doing it again, right? I wish, man. I wish Aww. I could have said right now that Jesse qualified because 20 guys, like I said earlier, did make it in to the field at Oak Hill. Jesse was not one of those guys, but here's what is cool about Jesse, Mike. Not only did he play in last year's PGA Championship, he played in two U.S. Opens. I didn't nice. even realize this until we started talking. And then we got into the grind that is U.S. Open qualifying. Uh, so this guy, just casual club pro with uh, three major championships of experience. N NBD, right? Here, here's a really cool conversation coming your way with Jesse Mueller. But before we get into the conversation, let's talk about our good friends at Desert Fox Golf. They make a lot of great customizable products yes. from their phone caddy to their swing a tumbler, towels and other goodies. And of course, there's nothing quite like getting cool swag and goodies when you do a golf wedding, right, Alex? There's nothing better than having that for you to remember this event and for you as your as an event planner to be able to advertise to the masses. Exactly. Yeah, that's the idea. So if you out there are part of a golf event or your company is having a large golf event with 100 or more playing and you want accessories or swag bag uh, gifts for your coworkers, your friends or anything in your large outing, hit us up, hit Desert Fox Golf up or hit us up on social media and you will get a $100 referral for booking that outing of 100 or more golfers that have Desert Fox apparel in their carts. So it's easy. If your group outing wants to go up phone caddies, hit up uh, us or 
Desert Fox Golf today, and we'll be sure to get you that $100 refill. It's easy. It's uh, money for you for having your event be cooler. So golfers out there, uh, this is your note to use Desert Fox Golf for all of your events from here on out. Next up, Alex here with the Course Life Podcast, joined by the 2022 champion of the PGA Professional National Championship, back again to defend the title here at Twin Warriors in Santa Ana. Jesse Mueller joining the Course of Life. Jesse, how are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. So um, this is an interesting vibe for you, I feel like. you know, I'm sure you probably had some sort of victories in your playing career at some point, but that was a unique win that you had last year, obviously propelling you to play in the PGA Championship, which is what everyone is out here to do. Um, how does it feel kind of coming back to uh, an event where you've had so much success? Yeah, it's definitely different this year than the last couple of years I played going into the event. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just have this is a different outlook heading in. Last year, obviously, I, I, I was playing well and I thought that I had a chance, but then things kind of came together and I ended up winning. Um, and this year, I feel like I have a chance again, but it's just so hard to win a type of uh, this these type of events with so many good players. So I just want to put myself in position. Um, in the last couple of days and see what happens. Very cool. So we're out here in New Mexico, but I am uh, from Austin, which where I live now. That's where you had your victory yep. at Barton Creek. Uh, we'll do a quick look back because I know we're focused on the goal this week, but um, tell me about last year and the experience at Barton Creek and, and coming out on top of the event. Yeah, I really like the course. Um, and I think this course is a little bit similar in that you need to drive it really well because here they have uh, some uh, desert type landscape outside the fairways, but there they had a lot of thick trees. Yep. So it was very important uh, to hit the ball in the fairway and both uh, courses have uh, quite a bit of wind. So driving, being able to drive it in the fairway uh, with wind is, was really key last year and this year as well. So I think the defending champion moniker is interesting with an event like this because it keeps switching venues. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to maybe lean on you as the defending champion, but now that we're at a different venue, you, you mentioned the similarities in the courses, but for you defending as a champion, is it more confidence to do it again because you just did? Or do, do you feel that pressure of having to perform again this year? Um, not so much. Um, I, I know I'm going to have a chance if I play well, yeah. but it's really hard to... I mean, I don't know if there's been a repeat champion and it's really hard to win this event twice or hard to win this event once. So um, we'll see what happens. I know I have the game to do it. Um, it just takes, usually things have to fall into place to be able to, we have to play well over four days and get a couple of good breaks and have things go your way um, to, to come out on top of these type of things. What part of your game do you think it will be uh, this week if we see you, say, back at the PGA Championship again this year? Um, usually putting... Um, when you win events, you're gonna have. I'm gonna have. You have to make some putts. Yeah. So making the putts under under three under five feet and then rolling some ones in longer. Um, usually you're not winning. You you can finish the top ten, top twenty by hitting the ball well and not putting great. But to be able to win events, usually you have to putt well. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious when you co do come to a new course like this. You said you got here a couple of days in advance. Yeah. This is a tip really for anyone out there who's trying to learn a new course, mm -hmm. whether it's their local tournament or they're just playing a new course mm -hmm. against their buddies and they want to dominate. Yep. What are you going and scouting most actively and what are you looking for when you play a course the first time to learn it as fast as you can? Yeah, pro a couple things off the tee, like the, the lines that I want to take and the clubs to hit off the tee to give myself um, the biggest chance or biggest um, percentage to hit it in the fairways because yep. a lot of the holes out here are dog legs and they narrow at certain spots. So sometimes it's, it's, it's a little more, it's wider to hit driver up, up closer or then sometimes wider to hit, to lay back from two, uh, two fifty off the tee and leave yourself one seventy five rather than try to push it up there. Um, and the other thing probably is the speed of the greens. So getting comfortable with the pace, because if, if you're not comfortable with the pace, it's hard to give yourself a, a make make a confident roll on anything. Yeah. And when you get to that practice green, mm -hmm. that, well, what does that look like for you? Do you start with short putts and go longer, or mm -hmm. do you just start right off the bat and hit a few fifty footers to just kind of get the muscles loose? Well, how do you like to do that? Um, I, I don't know if I have a certain um, order, but I definitely do both. So yeah. I practice a lot from inside the, the six foot range because I you get a ton of those throughout the week, and then a lot of twenty to 30, 40 footers to try to get that pace right. That just gives you so, gives me so much more confidence that I'm trying to make those putts if I have if I'm confident in the pace. 
Very cool. Um, I want to do a quick little backtrack to obviously the goal what, that which is on every club pro's mind here is if they can't win, get themselves to the PGA yes, Championship. Yep, yep. That unbelievable feat of playing in a major championship. Yeah. This is what makes this unique so event to any other event in golf. Is it? There are twenty spots on a major championship. Yes, online. Uh, like that's just wild to say out loud. <laughs> um, looking back on last year, Southern Hills, you know, Monday, Tuesday on the range, mm-hmm. getting used to that environment of playing mm-hmm. on that stage. What, what were your biggest learning experiences there? Yeah, playing in a major championship, uh, the the golf courses are just so severe. I'll say that is the the biggest difference. Um, there's just no room for error out there. Uh, the rough is really tall. The pin placements are tough. The greens fall off. So, just learning how to really manage your game. And there's really there's not there's your weaknesses are just really exposed. So it, it that's probably the main difference between. That course may play completely different six months ago, but how the PGA sets it up, it just it's um, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, they're good at that. Yes, they are. <laughs> <They're very good laughs> That's right. He says laughing. Yes. Uh, Jesse Mueller, 2022 champ of the PGA Professional National Championship, joining us here on The Course of Life. Let's talk about where you come from. Every uh, pro, pro in this event has a story about their club and where they come from. Tell us a little bit about where you are and where you play at. Yeah, I work at a Grand Canyon University golf course in Phoenix. So uh, the university is uh, located in central Phoenix, and they have the golf course. It's about five miles from campus. So I've been there for about eight, uh, eight and a half years now, and uh, I love working out there um, and and also work with the team, the men's golf team a little bit too. So managing the golf course is, is I, I love it, and then also helps helps my game stay in shape playing with the college uh, college team as well. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. out there playing the Masters with them? You know, yeah, so yeah. I don't travel with the team, but I'm out there with practice, and we go back and forth, so it's good. They keep you yeah. young. I like that. That's right. And GCU, that brings, rings a bell for, for a lot of sports fans. We just saw them in March Madness yeah. as well, too, for the basketball fans out there. But tell me about that campus. Um, I first came across GCU mm-hmm. for their extremely viral videos of the crazy fan yeah. environment at their basketball games. Yep. What's your background with the school and i know you have a long background in the valley area but what's your background with gcu and how you got there yeah it i've, I've been in phoenix my whole life um and then while well, i was playing professionally and then i started to transition out into working in the golf industry and yeah. that's a great opportunity to work there and then it's been an amazing experience to kind of watch the university grow and then you mentioned the basketball games i do have season tickets i nice. try to go to all those games and they it is amazing they have about 7,500 seats and about 4,000 are students and they're sitting right on the floor. So there's a lot of energy that, that comes to those games. So those are, yeah, those are, they're all fun. Yep. Yeah. People like need to get to YouTube immediately yes. and watch these GCU intro videos if they haven't already. How do they, how did that initiative start with the university to get the crowd so into it and at such a high volume, like beyond any other gym in college basketball, there's gotta be a team kind of on the, on the university side that helps kind of there get is the students in there, right? Yeah, the the uh, the um, executive team really wanted to make that a focus to have the student led group. So they're called the Havocs. Nice, and they yeah. organize everything that goes on on their side for with game day. So they have meetings, student led meetings with the university executive team on game day operations, um, activities, what they're doing during the game. So it's 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 pretty fun. Uh, experience i thought it'd be for them to be sitting down with the top level of the university going over how they plan the game days so (laughs) very cool you know what we need now was for the gcu golf team we we need some walk-up music for them we have to mimic a little bit of the havoc environment maybe for a gcu (laughs) golf event or something like that you know it's just an idea for the future (laughs) i know they do it a lot at the uh with the zurich classic and the live events have crazy amount of walk-up music so i don't know maybe bring a little volume to the golf events could be something they do for the future <laughs> Absolutely. As well I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Love it. Again, Jesse Mueller joining us here, uh, Course of Life podcast. And a very interesting story. I have to ask about um, your wife caddying for you as well, too. Uh, your wife, Jesse. Yes. Tell me about the background with you and your, your wife relationship and how you got together. Yeah. So she knows golf and she's played golf um, pretty much her whole life. Doesn't play as much anymore now we have kids and, and she's busy. Um, but she, when I was playing full time, she would caddy for me a bit. She caddied for me in the U.S. Open 2012, and she caddied for me last year in the PGA and the U.S. Open. So uh, I feel comfortable with her on the bag. And obviously, she was there with me uh, last year at the PPC. So um, it, yeah, it's because it's, I, I don't have play full time, so it's kind of yeah. getting used to a new caddy. And she's 
obviously I'm very comfortable with her. So it's easy. It's easy for me just to have her on the back. So week. have yeah. you tried the bros before? And then you, you asked the wife one day, how did that, I'm curious how that all went down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Cause they have caddy for me as well, Yeah, but, uh, they're kind of busy too, but I don't know. I got in, I don't know, maybe getting into the U S open, um, with her on the bag. And then I had so much success kind of early with her that I just keep it going. So nice. Yeah. Um, that's another thing I want to mention too, the U S open qualifying process yes. to you. Um, local sectional going through that and getting through now mm-hmm. twice you've gotten through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what did you learn to help maybe get you through the second time? And maybe you didn't, didn't know the first time about that qualifying process. It's, it's a grind. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Um, probably just to be patient. It's 36 holes, a long day. If you don't get off to the best start, it's okay. There, there's, there's holes to make it up. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're not two, three under on the front nine, if you're a couple over, just stay patient. Because you might get um, on a run and shoot three, four under on the back nine. And that uh, kind of happened to me this last year. I can't remember what I was. I was probably two or three shots out of the number. Then on my 14th hole, I hold out from 60 yards for eagle and then birdied the next hole. So I went three under after for two holes and that got me um, on the number. And I was just kind of hanging around one, two, three under the whole day. And then that sometimes that happens. So that's probably, I've probably done US Open locals and sectionals locals 20 times and sectionals probably 10 times. So, um, that's probably what I've learned from from playing in sectionals. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I'm curious, uh, wife, Jesse on the bag and your name's Jesse. When people yell out Jesse, do you guys both turn heads every single time or is it just her or just you? Probably because half the time they're probably asking for her too. So (laughs) yeah, she's more important. Exactly. A hundred percent. That's right. (laughs) Love it. All right, Jesse, let's get into, uh, some fun stuff now. Let's start with a quick, this or that golf edition. Okay. Real simple questions for you. This or that we're starting with at the turn. Is it a hot dog or a protein bar? Hot dog. Okay. Uh, hole in one or albatross this week, which one would you rather make? I'll do albatross. Nice. It's yeah. more rare. It is. Yes. And as my buddy JJ Clean said, it's one less than the scorecard. That's too. right. I, yes. That's where I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> uh, sunrise golf or sunset? Sunset. Okay. And uh, how would you shoot a lower score for 18 holes? You're a righty, correct? Yes. How would you shoot a lower score for 18 holes? Righty with one hand or lefty with two? Probably righty with one hand. Yeah. You yeah. Know, have you mess- ever messed around with I have hit holes? a little bit, but it's it's difficult. Yeah, it's like starting over again. It is like yes. starting over. And then in the hotel during tournament week, uh, you just flip through the channels or you watching movies at night? Kind of a, uh, kind of a, a combination. The Suns are playing this. Uh, Suns are in the playoffs right yeah. now. So I'll probably watch the Suns games. But other than that, probably movies. Yeah. Love it. Okay, cool. Let's do a random uh, rule question. And this always scares people because they always yes. wonder, oh, gosh. You're going to quiz me on the rules now. I'm just going to ask you a fun question okay, okay. about the rules. So you just tell me when to stop, okay, right? Okay, We're okay, Going through the entire rule book here. Yeah, I think they changed the rule book recently, so I'm not, we'll see how this goes. Let's go rule 17. All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, okay, well, this is these rules are about playing a ball from penalty area. Okay. So that, that question's easy. Um, how about a really crazy moment where you hit a ball out of a hazard or water, or just a spot you really shouldn't have been playing out of? Oh, I probably had a lot of those over the years. Um, <laughs> let me try to think. One year, this is when I was playing just out of college. I was playing an amateur event, and my golf ball plug. I guess you could say it's not quite a penalty area, but uh, I was in a bunker and I plugged. Oh, okay. And I didn't know you could take an unplayable, but you got to leave it in the bunker. So I played two balls, but my golf ball was so far plugged that it took me like five shots to get out. So I played two, and the other one was I took a drop outside the bunker, which you can't do. Oh. So if your ball is really plugged in, in the bunker, you can take the unplayable, but you got to drop it in the bunker. Just in the bunker. Yeah. Which probably would have been a pretty pretty good lie compared to what you had. Yes, there. that would have <laughs> saved me probably four shots. I think the yeah. ball probably went deeper the first couple. I think couple it did. I think it, it did. Up, <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. All right, yep. we're going to avoid those this week. All right, yes. Uh, we'll, ra- so. we'll wrap with our 19th hole question, Jesse. Um, this one's easy. You get into your favorite clubhouse. Uh, what's your go-to order, your favorite meal and drink after a long day on the course? Oh, probably, probably a cold beer and... Uh, I don't know, probably, probably maybe nachos and a cold beer after a long day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with nachos. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Great answer. Yes. Jesse, yes. thank you so much for hopping on the course yep. of life. Best luck this week with everything at GCU. And uh, next time out in the Valley, I'll see you for sure. Sounds okay. great. Awesome. All right. We're back. Great chat there with Jesse. Love to hear about the atmosphere going on to these Grand Canyon University basketball games. So it cool. sounds like college basketball 
but louder. Oh yes, I love it. The the live golf reference there. Yeah, it it it, might, it really quite might be actually. It, it's a new generation of college basketball fandom, and to see the havocs in full action, you got to check out the videos on YouTube if you haven't already. These GCU games are awesome. Need to see Jesse explain them from the firsthand experience, and no doubt. He missed out this year on Oak Hill, but I'm sure Jesse will be back in future PGA championships and major championships. Uh, So just keep an eye on that name in in future years ahead. And if you like that chat with Jesse, the one the one before he did with Annie or everything else we do here on this podcast, go ahead and punch that subscribe button. Hit Give us a rating on the podcast app you're using right now as well. Follow us on Instagram, COL Podcast, Course of Life Alex, M-W-R-I-N-C. We're on Twitter, Course of Life 1 and M-W-R-I-N-C. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, literally anything other than the actual AM, FM tuner that's in your car. I'm going to get on there one day, Mike, and then we're going to be on there and uh, FM laughing laughing at everyone one day. I won't laugh at everyone. I will (laughs) welcome them with open arms because they got us there. How (laughs) dare you insult them? (laughs) Uh, But Make sure to give us a follow there. We certainly are always searching for positive affirmations, even though we're New Englanders. We don't know how to take compliment Mm -hmm. at all. Speaking of New Englanders, let's talk about basketball because the Celtics uh, maybe have now expunged the curse of the Garden in the postseason during this 2023 year. Yeah, so you know what happened, Mike? The Celtics lost Game 5 on Wednesday night while I was in Boston. Mm. And things were grim. We had to win two games from there to win the series against the Sixers. Thursday night... I was driven by TD Garden on my way to the airport. I unleashed a hex-like curse to reverse the bad luck at TD Garden, unlike anything I've ever done in my life. And it worked to a T, clearly, because uh, we absolutely crushed it in Game 7 to move on to the conference finals. Um, So I'm going to keep that good juju going into the conference final matchup with the Miami Heat. Mike Celtics back in the Final Four. Who knew? We're back. I, I I mean, uh, it's time to get on the bandwagon because let's be honest, we are mild bandwagon Celtics fans. So uh, are we going to who are we going to play in the NBA finals? Because we know we're beating the heat because, you know, that's happening. So are we play in LeBron and the Lakers or are we play in the Nuggets. So, I mean, if you're asking what I'd like the easiest path to be, I'd love to just get <laughs> by the heat and play the Nuggets. But what the world and ESPN and Stephen A. Smith and the media and every single basketball fan wants to see is Celtics versus Lakers and LeBron James in the NBA Finals. I don't know if you could set up a grander matchup in NBA basketball. Um, So that's the elephant in the room right now for the next week or two, if the Lakers and Celtics can get by their opponents here in the conference finals. But should be fun just chomping at the bit to see if that storyline comes to fruition. I will turn into a very, very, very passionate man if we are in the finals against Lakers uh, and LeBron. Almost as passionate as we were when Quinnipiac won the NCAA Division <laughs> One Men's Ice Hockey National Championship. It could equal those levels. Yeah, not quite Patriots Super Bowl levels, but it, it could get, reach those insane levels. Um, so here's to the Celtics for, for getting it done in Game 7, and, and we're officially on to the conference finals. Should be fun to watch in, in Boston and Miami. All right, let's hashtag always end with food. Yes, food segment to wrap up every Course of Life podcast. Uh, and it was an anniversary for myself and my wife. Happy anniversary. This was what, year four? Time flies, right? Four years ago. That they was. say if you make it five years, then you're you're golden. So okay. you're almost right. there. So we still got about 50, 51 more episodes <laughs> to decide if things are going to work out. Okay, yeah. great. That's, yeah. that's a lot of podcasting <laughs> for then. But um, yeah, so we celebrated the fourth anniversary. Uh, Italian food. We went to North, mm. uh, Northern Italian cuisine, downtown Austin. Uh, started off with the Italian farm salad and a truffle butter garlic bread. Mm. Absolutely to die for it. A heap of truffle butter the size of a desert fox phone caddy. How about that? Is that that, that enough truffle butter for you? Good crossover right there. Good job. <laughs> and then I went with the chicken parm uh, with Alfredo, and she got the spicy rigatoni. 9.5 out of 10. North delivered again. Happy anniversary to both of us. Italian food, always a, always a good, safe way to go when you're having dinner out with the wife. 
You know, it sounded fantastic, Alex. I only wish that it was a safe play if I went out with my wife because she's not a big Italian fan. So we never go out for Italian. Oh, gosh. Well, you got to sneak that in, like get it to go on your own or something like that. What do you do? Uh, Maybe I'll just make myself a pot of spaghetti here at home. And plus, you know, and the pre-diabetes, I don't need a lot of carbs. So if I'm going to have carbs, I'm going to maybe have something sweet and delicious which is what i did do myself this weekend Mm, yes nice segue i saw this cake (laughs) at at mwrinc on instagram to Mm -hmm. feast your eyes on this cake but do do your justice and try and describe it to everybody so this was a white chocolate blueberry cake and i'm gonna preface with it looked better than it tasted Oh, okay. Again, at MWRINC to marvel at the pick. It's beautiful. Just look at it and admire how beautiful it is. That's it. You know, uh, you uh, big shout out. Big shout out to the wife for helping with decorating because I'm not a decorator. She was helped me a lot with uh, okay. doing a lot of the decoration on it. Um, but it is a uh, it's actually from a great British bake off cookbook. It's not a cake that was made on the show, but Interesting. it's in the book. Uh, it's a very simple white cake with blueberries and then with a white chocolate buttercream. And then I made a blueberry jam to go into the frosting, at, to go into the buttercream at the end, the little roses on top that it made. Um, it was good. It wasn't great. Um I appreciate I would, the try would, on the white yeah. chocolate blueberry combo, though. That's a yeah, good I think I would. I think if I did it again, I actually might try to do like a mixed berry, like blueberry, raspberry, blackberry, um, and then add a little something to the cake layer to give it a little bit more flavor, a little lemon to really kind of lift it because it was a little flat. And I overbaked the cake as well, just a little bit. So that was the other problem. So there it is. All right, you live and you learn. Still a yep. very impressive presentation. MWRINC to check out that cake. At Always End With Food for our food content. At COL Podcast for everything else. We thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hit that subscribe button right now before you leave, and we'll see you next week. Bye.